Today, because of social media, we can instantly share our lives. We can laugh at funny posts, find interesting people to follow, and meet other people that like the same things we do. But what do we do when likes and follows are not enough? When scrolling doesn't satisfy? Sometimes we can have connected accounts and disconnected lives. So instead of scrolling, working, or shopping more, reach out and reconnect. Find a friend and be a friend. Someone needs your handshake, hug, and smile. Think different. Life is better with friends. Well, today we're wrapping up our series entitled Think Different, where God has been challenging us to think different so that we can live different. I believe that God wants to transform our mind so that he can then change our life. Change always happens from the inside out. It starts with a decision, and then we begin to live that out every day. In this series, we've been talking about how life is better with friends. But I want to suggest to us that life is better and it's best with forever friends. For you see, we are created for relationship, not only with God, but also with others. But many of our friendships are intended to be forever friendships. They're intended to extend not only in this life, but also into the next. For you see, heaven is our home. It's our eternal home. We are just pilgrims passing through this life. It's one of the reasons why I want to encourage us not to get too comfortable with this world because we are kingdom citizens. We're intended to be in heaven someday. And we need to allow our mind and our heart to be aligned and to be focused on the things that are important to God and the things that are important in heaven. Life truly is best with forever friends. Now God, when he started the world, he created two institutions. The first was the family, and then the second was the church. He ordained the family in Genesis chapter 1 when he created Adam and Eve. And what he did in that moment is he created the union of marriage. We see that in chapters 2 and chapter 3. We see him create marriage. He brought one man and one woman together in a covenant relationship for life, and that's marriage. That's biblical marriage. I know the world wants to redefine what marriage is, but Bible, the Bible and God has already decided what that is. It is one man and one woman for life. Then when Jesus came, he established the church, and he used that same metaphor of marriage to reflect the kind of relationship he wanted to have with us. The church is the bride of Christ, and he is the groom. And he is there to take care of us, and to redeem us, and to help us through, and to make a difference in our life. But both of those institutions, both the family and the church, were created with a similar purpose, and it's simply this. To communicate the love and truth of God. We need to communicate the love and truth of God, not only through the family, but also through the church. For you see, it's in the family that God communicates his love and his truth to individual people. But then he communicates his love and his truth through the church to the entire world. Now, I want us to think different, a little bit different about what the church really is. Many of us, we think that the church is this building, but no, we are the church. We are the church. We don't do church. We don't go to church. We are the church. We must become the church. We must not only be the church 
on the weekend, but also during the week. When we're with our family, when we're with our friends, when we're at school, when we're at home, when we wake up in the morning, when we go to sleep. God is inviting us to be his church. I want us to think different about what the church is and how the church should function. In fact, I've titled today's message, The Church is for You. Say, for you. The church is for you. First, we are for you. We're here to champion you on. We want you to become all that God has created you to be. But we also want the church to be for you. We want this to be a place where your family can gather, where you can be encouraged, where you can get resources that help you advance in life, where you can learn about God through his word and through worship. Church and this service is intended to be a filling station for you so that you can step out into the world and make a difference. I believe that what we do here is important, but I think it is equally important what God wants to do through us as the church in our everyday life. If we think of ourselves only as the church one hour a week, we're missing out on the other 167 hours that God wants to use us to make a kingdom impact. For you see, we are members of the kingdom of God. We are citizens of heaven. We are here to serve at the pleasure of the king. And he's inviting us to be his church, to be his bride, to be his advocate, to say he is good and he is faithful. Just like wives say that about their husbands and husbands say that about their wives. They're good, they're faithful, they're trustworthy. We love them. We need to be the church. Say be the church. We need to be the church. I want to offer to you a thought about what the church really is. I found this quote recently. Someone once said, the church is a hospital for sinners, not a museum for saints. This isn't a country club. This isn't just a gathering where we're comfortable. No, we're people on a mission. We're on God's mission. We're intended to have this place be a hospital for sinners. And guess what? It's for all of us because all of us, we're sinners. And the only reason why we have any kind of righteousness is because of Jesus Christ. We're sinners saved by grace. And I say thank you, Jesus, for your grace. I don't deserve it, but you gave it anyways on a cross, a bloody, bloody cross. We need to look different at the church and realize that we are the church all day, every day, every moment of our life till God takes us home. He intends for us to live and be the church. I want to talk to us a little bit about that very first church, that very first gathering of believers in the first century. I want to invite you to join me in Acts chapter 2. Open up your Bible or your Westover app. Let's look at the word of God together. We're going to look at verse 42 and 46 and 47. Let's look at what the word of God says to us today. Verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. Watch this. Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Say all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. God brought them together for community, but also for transformation and verse 47 is the linchpin of this entire passage because it tells us exactly what Jesus intends to do. It says, and the Lord added daily 
to their number, those who were being saved. Jesus came to seek and save the lost. And once we were found to turn us into disciples or followers of him so that then we could go out and serve people and make a difference. This is what this passage is intended to be. We're not just intended to come into church and be comfortable in the seats that we have, but to go out and make a kingdom impact and be the church. And so today I want to share with you a couple ways for us to be the church. Number one, choose God over everything. Say everything. Choose God over everything. This is what these disciples did, these first followers. They chose God over everything. It says this, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. They were devoted. They were committed. They were sold out. They were unwavering in their faith. They gave up. The philosophies of the day, they didn't buy in to the philosophy and the humanism and the perspective that they were their own master. They believed that Jesus was their master. They were willing to listen to the apostles' teaching. They were also willing to be committed to fellowship and to connect with one another. This is the reason why we're continually inviting you to lean into connection. And at the end of our service, we're going to once again have an opportunity for those of us who are here in the room to connect and we invite you to just to lean into that moment. Don't leave early. Could it be that the thing that God has ordained specifically for you, maybe the most important thing that will come out of this service today is a friendship and a connection that will last for decades. I know many of us, we're hungering for connection and relationship. And we often sense this in our heart. If only I had a friend. If only I had a friend and God's saying, I'm trying to provide a friend to you. They're sitting right next to you. They're in the same section as you. Don't leave here disconnected. Lean in. They had decided that their very best friends were going to be in a community of faith. They were willing to reject friendship with the world so that they could have friendship with God and with each other. They also broke bread. And yes, they would share a meal, but also the, the, the word for breaking bread has a double meaning. It also means that they participated in communion. They took communion together because they wanted to constantly remind themselves that they were dedicated to Jesus. They were willing to reject the idol worship there in their Jewish community and even in the Greek culture to follow Jesus. They were willing to push aside the idols. And idols are simply this, things that we put ahead of God. It can be anything. It can be a relationship. It can be a device. It can be a perspective. Anything that gets ahead of Jesus is an idol. And God invites us to lay those down. And they are willing to pray. They are willing to seek God. Prayer is our first option, not our last resort. It needs to be the first thing that we do. And prayer is simply this. It's us talking to God. Sharing our heart with him. Don't bring fancy prayers to God. Just tell him what's on your heart. He already knows, but there's something about us sharing our heart with him that makes a difference. It doesn't give him information. It changes us. They were willing to choose God over culture. They were willing to be influencers for God. And by the way, each one of us are influencers. Now, I know you may not have a large following on YouTube or TikTok or Instagram or Facebook or whatever other platform, but you're an influencer. Someone's watching you. An influencer is a person who inspires other people's actions. You inspire someone else's actions 
You may not realize it, but someone's watching you. If you're a kid, there's a younger kid watching you. If you have siblings, there's a sibling watching you. There's a classmate watching you. There's a coworker watching you. There's someone watching you. You are influencing them, and they need to know that you follow Jesus. And the question I have for us is, do people realize that we follow Jesus by how we live and how we talk and how we act? I sure hope. I sure hope that they do. I think our prayer should be that the world says, those are the very best Christ followers I've ever met. That should be our goal, that we should live in such a way that the world says, undeniably, I may not believe or, or agree with what they believe, but they are the best people the world has ever known. There's something different about them. They've chosen a better life. They have a better way. For you see, God's more interested in the sermons we preach with our life than the sermons we preach with our lips. We need to lean in and be the church and live like the church. To our students, and I just want to give a shout out to high school ministry. Where you at? We're so glad that you're here. The culture tells you to build a bigger platform, to find more followers. No, build the kingdom. Help people follow Jesus. That's what it's about. Don't build a bigger platform for yourself. Build the kingdom of God. A bigger heaven is a better heaven. We need to build a bigger and a better heaven. Because when we do, we lift up the king. And when he is lifted up, he lifts us up. But we don't lift up God so that he lifts us up. We lift him up because he is worthy of all praise and honor and glory. We need to be the church. We need to be the bride of Jesus. We need to be extravagantly in love with him. Not a wayward spouse. We need to be leaning into him and following him. That's our mission. The second way for us to be the church is to follow Jesus and love people. Say it with me. Follow Jesus, love people. We were created to follow. But we need to be careful who we follow. A couple of years ago, our family went on a road trip to Orlando to go to Disney. Another road trip, I know. But you can learn a lot about people if you go on a road trip. If you ever want to know the kind of person you're doing life with, just go on a road trip. You'll discover how they deal with stress and conflict and issues and what happens when someone cuts in front of them. You'll find out how sanctified their words are. We were on this trip and we were, we were making okay time, but honestly we were a little bit behind. And the kids said to us, we're hungry, so we stopped. A little bit before getting to Mobile, Alabama, we had a meal, we ate, and then we were rushing to get back on the road because we had a timeline. We wanted to get to Orlando at a specific time. Yes, we, we did it all in one straight shot. This is how the muscles do it. And so we, we loaded the kids up, and lo and behold, five minutes later, the kids said that they needed a pit stop. I promise you, parent pro tip here. Always make sure there's a pit stop for everyone before you get on the road. So what we did is we texted our family. We said, keep going. We'll catch up with you. So we went ahead and took care of business, got drinks, got back on the road. And then we decided that we were going to catch up with them. So we moved a little quicker. I mean, we sped a little bit, but we, we, we were careful. Uh, and so we, we, we saw a car off in the distance 
And we said, oh, we found them. So we began to push, push, push to get caught up with them. And we got right up behind them. And we tried to call them, but we couldn't connect with them. And so we just kept following. We just kept following them. They were leading. We were following. And then they took an exit that wasn't on the plan. They went up 65. And we realized, oh, no, this is not the way to Orlando. So we just kept going, and we kept calling them and calling them. Finally, we were able to connect with them because, you know, we were in a dead zone again. And so we called them and we told them, hey, you went the wrong way. And they said, what do you mean? We said, you took the exit to go up 65. You're going the wrong direction. And they said, no, we didn't. We haven't even got to exit 65. The fact is, is that we were following the wrong car. <laughs> yes, it had a Texas license plate. But just because the car looks the same and it has a Texas license plate doesn't mean it's the same thing. And sometimes in life, we think that we're following the, wrong, the right people and the right things. But actually, that person or that thing is taking us the wrong direction. Don't get bamboozled in life following people and things that won't get you to the destiny that God has for us. Sometimes in life we do that. We follow aimlessly. But do you know that following is spiritual? God created us to follow. In fact, that's why Jesus, when he called his first disciples, he said, Come, follow me, and I will make you. Students, if you want to be great in life, follow Jesus. Period. Full stop. Follow Jesus. He knows where you need to go. He knows the way. He is your GPS. He is your God positioning system. He always knows the way because he is the way, the truth, and the life. He'll always get you where you need to go because he knows the way. Be willing to follow him. Be willing to pursue him. Be willing to chase him with everything that you have. And then once you follow him and you're devoted to him, be willing to love other people. I was thinking this week about how social media has appropriated the word follow. They've discovered something spiritual. They've discovered that if they put a button that says follow, people will click it. Because we were created to follow. Make sure that the person you're following is Jesus and him alone. Don't put anyone or anything ahead of him. Be willing to pursue him and follow him with all of your life. He'll get you exactly where you need to be. Students, young adults, check your circle. Because the people that you follow, they'll either make you or break you. Check who's in your circle, who's speaking into your life, who's influencing you, who's leading you. Where are they going? Are they leading you closer to Jesus or away from Jesus? Are they leading you closer to God's purpose for you or away from God's purpose? Be willing to follow Jesus and him alone. He will always get you there. Yes, he may take you on a detour, but he'll always get you to your destination because he loves you. And he has a purpose for you. And this is exactly what these disciples did. They followed Jesus and they loved people. Look at what verses 46 and 47 says. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. They were willing to meet together for the express purpose of praising God. That's following Jesus. And then they enjoyed the favor of all of God's people. Many of us, I know... We want favor. 
We want favor. We want blessing. And God wants to bless us. But the best way he can bless us is with himself. The best blessing that he can give us is himself. And some people in the world, they want favor, but they don't want God. Let's make sure that we are following God so that we can get his favor. For you see, faith unlocks God's favor. Faith unlocks God's favor. God wants to give you his favor. He wants to give you his purpose. He wants to give you exactly what you need. Be willing to lean in and say, God, I'm willing to step in. I want your favor. And sometimes the way that God blesses you with favor is through friendship. I know sometimes we think that favor is financial, but it's often a friendship. Sometimes we just need someone who's there to encourage us. This is why I want to challenge us to choose hugs and handshakes over likes and follows. Choose hugs and handshakes over likes and follows. God wants us to be connected to actual people, not to avatars. Don't let two digital people meet together because that doesn't work. I want to remind us that you are loved exactly who you are.